0: you sure yes okay all right okay so chris guess what i finished what guess what i accomplished what i accomplished the fractured but whole oh the game yes proud of you dubs yes south park fractured but whole i finally beat it nice done it's finished and then guess what what game i started the
1: first south park game no stick of truth
0: already beat stick of truth okay uh you started another video game It's gonna be one of your favorite games worthy of tattooing upon your body zelda
1: oh yeah zelda (laughs) i was like zelda you don't have a switch you do have a switch (laughs) nice how how far into it um that's a silly question because time doesn't exist while you're playing zelda i what am i doing right now i'm
0: imp is that her name impa impa yeah. impa i just
1: oh that was cute left
0: impa <laughs> yeah. um and i'm like riding one of my horses to hatterino village uh hatano village hatano yeah hatano i just got to hatano village cool very yeah. cool yes
1: uh awesome how'd you like the uh that town that impo in It's like this. The game is filled with like these big, great open fields, and all of a sudden, there's like this little nook in the forest, and it's like all super classic Japanese and stuff.
0: I like it. Um, so I've said this before. Yeah, I think it's really weird how when I was younger, I didn't recognize Japanese influence. Hmm. Yeah, ironically, in the Japanese games that were popular. (laughs) Yes. Um, so like in Zelda, you I never got it, but now I now that I'm older, I'm playing it. It's so obvious, you know what I mean? And it's like, I get it in Ring Fit, too. Like, in Ring Fit, whenever you run into the store, the guy's like, oh! (laughs) Like, it's just like... (laughs) Every time. And then you go, like, I'll look at the shoes. He goes, oh! (laughs) And then if you leave, he goes, oh, like, it's just, it's, it's just this Japanese style of doing their games. And it's the same thing in Zelda where like, they'll have actual dialogue and then we'll go to, huh, 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 and it'll just be like words. Yeah. And the next dialogue box, he goes, huh, huh, and it's just That's like, Zelda man. more dialogue. And then he goes, huh, and then it's just more dialogue.
1: You've nailed that so perfectly. (laughs) Have you met, uh, his name is Beetle. He's like the little skinny traveling guy with a bowl cut and a huge bag of stuff that he could sell you on his back. I've met people like that, but now nobody named Beetle. Okay. Okay uh yeah i'm pretty sure his name is always beetle he's in a bunch of zelda games and he's my favorite one because he says like little blurbs and he always has it's like even back on like the the gamecube when like nobody said anything it was just all little (laughs) like those little things (laughs) yeah uh he is so obnoxious because like you'll click on an item that you want to buy and he'll just go
0: oh
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And then sometimes when you buy something and then you like exit the conversation he goes thank you (laughs) he's my favorite that's what i mean yeah like
0: like i never picked up on like the like the the japanese style of that until like i'm older now but like growing up i never picked up on that yeah and it was a lot of that yeah you know like there was whole, just like goofiness i don't know i don't know what it is yeah like i don't know why it's like that where it's it's just i, I don't know and also the, the the dialogue the dialogue is weird at times yeah it's like they'll they'll be a, like i have a normal conversation like oh hey this is where you board your horse yeah so we'll take care of them and just let you know you can whistle but don't go too far you know they can't fly so make sure that you're close to them. Next person you talk to will be like, Oh, I saw a beetle. It's like, okay. It's like, But beetles are, uh, they start with B. It's like, all right. And then it's like, and then it stops and it goes like your dialogue option. It's like, Well, what are you selling? It's like, What the
1: fuck? It's like Justin Roiland snuck into the writer's room of Zelda. (laughs) Yeah, Um, basically. Uh, So, so far, I'm a fan of.
0: I'm a real big fan of Breath of the Wild because right now it's pulling me back in. So, for the record, just like with Pokemans, yeah. I really only played like the very first Zelda. Yeah. Played a little bit of Link, like Zelda and Link on the Nintendo Like Yeah, NES, yeah, yeah. And then I switched, I I didn't play anything until Ocarina of Time. Yep. And that was it for me. Gotcha. So I didn't play any of these Majora's Mask yeah. or shit or anything else or anything. Um. <clears throat> So Breath of the Wild's doing something for me that um, Pokemon Shield did, mm-hmm. which is like it it's able to stay co- like strong to its core roots yeah. of a Zelda game. Like, hey, like your shield and your bow, and it's, uh, you're talking, and this is the mechanics and moving, and this is the landscape. And I can already tell. like I was playing it last night for just a short period of time, and there was a moment when I went, oh, I'm going to get wrapped into this fucking game. Like, I can already <laughs> tell. Because it's just... It does a great job of not being repetitive, but it is repetitive. Yeah. They somehow mask it with the story and the characters and like the way that it's, the way that it's, that it's, that you ingest it Mm -hmm. is so easy. Yeah. It's like sushi. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, instead of having like a full, like, like sea bass put in front of you that you pick apart from the bones. It's like they serve it to you in little sushi pieces, and it's just like, oh, that's yummy. Oh, that's yummy. <laughs> but they're oh, giving you a yummy. whole sea bass. Well, oh, that's yummy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yummy. Oh, that's yummy. So yeah, it just, exactly. it's just it's a perfect like flow, yeah, and perfect rhythm to it. Um, and and so far, oh my god, I will say this: some of the shrines, mm-hmm. the shrines went from like, like oh, like step on this button and then step on that button ta-da, to, like, <laughs> like maneuver the switch, like, like in 3D and yeah. rotate this ball through a maze that's gonna fall off a cliff and you can't really control it and you have no determination for speed or angles with this camera view and you're
1: fucked. And then after 10 seconds, you light on fire. Fuck you. Yeah, and like, <laughs> so, like, the shrines escalated fucking quickly. Yeah. But, and the thing with the shrines is they're all they're not random. So, like, if you find this shrine at the bottom of that mountain, that's the same shrine. For everybody else. So it'll fluctuate. Like there's no real progression of here's the easy shrines, here's the medium oh, shrines, here's the hard That ones. explains you it. You could stumble <clears> across <throat> a super hard one 20 minutes into the game. <laughs> that explains it. Um there's 120 of them, by the way. I think I've done eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That's good. Uh you get a special <gasps> costume if you do all 120. No. <laughs> I I I'm excited.
0: I mean, like, I'm definitely already at the point where if a shrine gives me enough problems
1: just getting to the end, if I see a chest, I'm like, "Fuck you!" And that <laughs> just every shrine oh. has a uh, a chest somewhere, like yeah. an extra chest that you can get. Yeah. Um, not all of them are great, <laughs> and it right. sucks that like some of them, like that one where you have to maneuver the switch. Like, there's an even harder puzzle next door that you have to maneuver the switch, and it's even harder. Yeah. And then you get it. It's like here's a gold ore <laughs> or something, a gold nugget here's a, a bobbican horn <laughs> it's like
0: fuck um right off the bat the game was super difficult for me because i went to go one of the to one of the shrines and it was in like the snow yeah and i was dying i was like what the fuck like, i kept dying <laughs> getting to that one i d- once i died the first time i was like all right obviously there- i'm missing a key piece here and it yeah. took me like 20 minutes to find it mm-hmm. and then i was like oh thanks game yeah um but yeah, I, I know that you're a huge fan, and I knew you'd be happy to hear that I'm now doing it. I'm and, very happy. And I think it's going to be... It's very similar vibes to Ocarina of Time, where it's like, it's difficult, but it's fun. The story's good, but, and it's not repetitive. Yeah. Like, the mechanics are great. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's some rough times. But I mean, overall, it's like, it's it's so easy to realize, like, oh, shit, I've been playing this for two hours. Yep. You know, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, um, that's
1: why I said time doesn't exist when you're playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it does a great job.
0: the On the bright side, I play it portable, yeah so the battery gets sucked dry pretty quick. Yep. So on the bright side, I have that to give me healthy
1: gaming times yeah like they uh they use breath (gasps) of the wild when they're talking about like they released that new switch that we were going back and forth of shooting by the old one and the new one and they're like we improved the battery and for the when the first switch came out they said as a lifespan of two and a half to seven hours and people are like what the fuck and they're like well it's like seven hours of like uh, I, like I forget what they. It's seven hours of Tetris, but like two and a half hours of Breath of the Wild, because <laughs> like it just can't do that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a, it's you're powering a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you been to like any of the four main regions? Like the have you started any like the four main storylines? Because you know that's like the thing of the game, right? But like, like you're on a storyline from the very start. Yeah, but so. there's like four big towns that you go to. That have like their own unique to that. Okay, cool.
0: I'm like, I like just walked into Haterno or yeah. Hatterene, whatever it's called, village.
1: Mm-hmm. I like just walked into it. and I was like, all right, close. Yeah, like, <laughs> safe. I'm trying to think of like the order that the game goes in, and you could kind of do it in whatever order, which is what I love so much about it. Like, I remember when it was first coming out, me and like all the guys from Apple were like, oh, what, what town are you going to first? And they're like, I'm going to the water one. I'm like, no way. I'm going to the volcano because I bet the power you get there is super cool. Yeah. It's so cool and that was like a thing that they didn't they haven't really done since the first Zelda game and their whole idea with this one was to like recreate the magic that the first Zelda game in 1987 (laughs) made which was like nineteen eighty. that Zelda game is like a kilobyte (laughs) or something Um, and people are like lost in it for hours because there's no direction you could get lost in the woods and you have to find it and you do it all in your own order and then this one, they're like, "All right, well, how do we do that again in 2017?" Pfft, here's this whole giant world that you can explore. 2017. I'm playing yeah. this game now
0: for the first time in 2020.
1: Yeah, it does not feel like it came out that long ago. No, but then I remember all the stuff that's gone on since that game came out. I
0: can't even put into put into into like idea of what's been going on just the past six months, let alone yeah. like. Three years. So yeah. no. I, I but it's um <clears throat> it's great. Yeah. So far it's great. It's mm-hmm. it's especially great because it's again, it's it's making me feel like I'm playing like a kid again with yeah. Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And that's like you get the horse and you're riding through the fields. You're like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. It's great. Um yeah, and it was cool. I liked how they made it not crazy difficult to catch a horse. Mm-hmm like i was like oh yeah fuck i gotta catch a horse and then it's like oh no there's three right there just like waddled up to one of them i was like hopping on and there you go so yeah. thankfully it wasn't like this crazy ordeal but they definitely make it they were like we advised the one with spots on it i was like fuck that i'm going solid <laughs> so i went with like a solid green one yeah it's called big green <laughs> oh, excuse me and um i was like all right how crazy is this thing gonna get
1: and i like started galloping and the thing just like turned left <laughs> And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh, because it's one of like the wild personality yeah, horses. Em. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, "Oh no, no, no!" We're like we're going to like a river. I was like, yeah. no, "No, no." Fuck. That's so great. Yeah. So it's <sighs> cool. So it's cool. Just, just wanted you to know that. I'm very, very, very happy for you. um There's just so much in that game. Like I played that game for well over a hundred hours. And I was still like being like, wait, what? You can do this a hundred hours into the game? It's crazy. And I still follow the Breath of the Wild subreddit because still people are posting gifs of like new things that you can do.
0: I saw, something I saw that was really really funny was um, <laughs> I think it was I think it was Colin, my friend, or, or my friend Colin, who sent it, or maybe it was you. But like they had a chicken, <laughs> and they threw the chicken add a a monster and the monster hit the chicken yep and then oh no no they held the chicken yeah (laughs) and then they got hit
1: while holding the chicken and then the monster got killed by like flocks of chickens yep (laughs) because that's always been a game in uh in Zelda if you hit the chickens yeah they'll attack you where in this one (laughs) whatever hits the chickens they will attack it and I was so you could yeah it was awesome it's so good it was awesome um like there's a thing have you seen like the guardians yet those like yep. spider things with the laser eyeballs oh dude i ran into one in the first 10 minutes
0: yeah and i was like oh okay i could probably just like whack it nope Like,
1: <laughs> game yeah.
0: over the second it was like lasers i was like lasers yeah what the fuck? do i get a lightsaber at
1: least then like yeah holy shit um the by the end of the game you're like messing with those like they're fun is like ooh, there's one and you like run over to it and you're like i'm gonna kill you <laughs> It's so cool. Like the sense of you start wearing your underwear and you're using a rotten, like a rusty axe as no, your best weapon. you're using a tree branch. Yeah, you're using <laughs> a tree branch. And then eventually you're like, I have the master sword. I have all this crazy stuff. And I'm going to go hunt guardians for fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's so good.
0: I'm excited. And it's weird how um, how how sad they made the story. Oh, my God. Like the story is super. Like I'm only like a what a few hours in and already i'm just like jesus christ this is some dark ass shit man fuck it gets dark
1: <laughs> it yeah. gets more dark yeah i can imagine I can uh imagine. and then there's like a i forget exactly how you get them but there's like memories uh because i don't know how much of the story they reveal that quickly but like you get like flashbacks that but you have to go find them and there's 12 of them hidden very well hidden around the world and if you get 12 it gives you a 13th one the 13th one is like Now you know the whole story, and that's the saddest part of the whole game. And you're like, fuck, this is my reward? Heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's very, very cool. There's a lot of cool little references to older Zelda games and stuff like that, too. So, and this was leading up to a question I had. Is this a continuum?
0: Like, are all the
1: games under... So, as the resident Zelda fan in the room, I'll tell you definitively, no. Uh, I did a college project. I did a digital video editing project where I made a 12 and a half minute video explaining the timeline of the Zelda series. Beautiful. And at the end of it, I was like, this is basically what the official... This is what Nintendo says is the timeline of the games. Mm -mm. And I explained how they tried to link them all together. And then I explained how that's all bullshit. (laughs) And this is something that uh, Nintendo only made because fans were like begging them to make a timeline where they never intended it to be a timeline. It's like asking to stick a timeline onto Mario games right they can cram them into a timeline and be like well this game takes place after this game because this game is has bowser jr in it and these older games didn't have bowser jr so they must be before bowser had a kid (laughs) and then like there's weird things like that that they're like well the timeline must be like this because of this
0: so is it is it kind of like how uh they handle rick and morty where it's like yeah they're kind of tied yeah but they're not like they're supposed to be individual stories but yeah they are there's themes that are continuous like rick and morty are from a different dimension in the one that they're currently in so yeah. they always reference their dead bodies like yep because of that one episode where exactly. they <laughs> Yeah, them, like but everything is pretty much loosey yep
1: pretty much um there's a few of them where you're like oh yeah that takes place after that one um like the first, the ones that you said you played are direct sequels. It's Zelda and then Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link, and then Majora's Mask takes place immediately after Ocarina of Time. So it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then there's a couple other ones like that. <clears throat> like there's a couple that take place. There's one that takes place right after Wind Waker, the one where you're on a sailboat. Um, yeah. Um, but, like, there's there's a few that tie together. And then there's some that, like, loosely tie together. You're like, oh, this is a reference to this specific Zelda game. So it must take place after this one. So there's things like that. Um, cool. Very cool. But then they just kind of crammed all the other ones in there. and <laughs> uh, It does not make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, Doesn't have to, though. Yeah. Which is um, the beauty of it. And then they did that... Uh, back when skyward sword came out which is the last one for the wii so a long time ago 2011 Shit. 12 i want to say uh and then breath of the wild came out and basically took a dump all over it because like <laughs> it doesn't make sense in any of the timelines so great that's the way i want it i just want them to be like Lucy goosey rick and morty mario just yeah. give me another Zelda game speaking of rick and morty yes i want
0: your opinion before i give mine mm-hmm because you've watched some Solar Opposites. Yep. I've watched six episodes now. Which is uh, what, Mike McMahon and Justin Royland's side project, right? Yeah, Or technically one of their main projects. Yeah. Um, what is your thoughts after seeing... Because I'm only up to season to episode four yeah. in in, uh, in Solar Opposites.
1: Yep. What are your thoughts so far between... Oh, just about Solar Opposites in general. Um, so I'm going to steal... Mm-mm. A conversation that I had with one of my coworkers about it already. It's Rick and Morty without Dan Harmon, which is like to say it's the wackiness and like the vulgarity, I guess, and the cleverness of Rick and Morty, but without the heart and like the the feels, like the emotion that Dan Harmon brings to the table. Right. Like you know, there's the the episodes where like uh, Beth and Jerry always go through like their marriage struggles and then they like begrudgingly find out that they're really meant to be. And like, they're all in this together. And and, like that shit where you find out like these things that are like deep in the core of these characters. Yeah. That's we're never going to see that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all Dan Harmon. That's Um, a very, that's a very good way to put it. That's a very good way to put it. Um, that being said, (laughs) I have had several like bursting out loud laughing moments. Um, I forget the name of the thing, but the... the Pupa? little No, Pupa's pretty funny, but the things that they, like, Gooblers. sweat... Yeah, the Gooblers. Did you see the Red Goobler episode? I just watched it last night. That yeah. one had me dying... Everything the Red Goobler did, I was crying laughing. Really? Like, the very first thing where it, like, slaps both of them, and then it says, get fucked, no. and jumps out the window. That's- just that chaotic energy that it brings, and then it's like the <laughs> licking between the fingers thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's just so vulgar. Yeah. See, like, like, and I. Uh,
0: okay. Actually, I'll let you keep going. I don't want to. I don't want to get and, my side of it yet.
1: And I don't appreciate how graphic it is. I told you that, right? I yeah. Told you like, warned me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It's not censored, like yeah. Rick and Morty. Is. Verbally or visually. Yep. Like, they, the, uh, the, which character, Terry, drops, like, the C word a few times. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. They are doing whatever. And then, like, both, like, uh, violently visually graphic and sexually visually graphic like there's so many things i'm like god damn yeah um i do love the little like mini world in the wall in the kids wall that's become like mad max that's my favorite recurring storyline that that is mine too that is the thing that's that's the that's saving grace for me yeah yeah every time there's a new scene that takes place in there, i'm like oh hell yeah (laughs) because like that main character that nerdy guy who's in there yeah um that's the same guy who voices crumbopulous michael and it's like, hi, I'm an assassin. I buy guns from my grandfather. That's like this the same voice actor, and I love his voice so much. Um, yeah, I like that. I I love the the opening credits every time. The that's right, it's me. I was talking the whole time. It's my show. I'm the one holding the pupa. I drop the pupa, and then he always and ch- en- changes the end changes of it by s- complaining yeah. about humans in a different way. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I want to see it through to the end. I think I need to. Yeah.
0: Because I, 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 I came up with this when I was just watching it before we were recording this. Because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to get a fresh opinion. Mm-hmm. Here's my fresh opinion I don't laugh the oh, majority you, of the time. Yeah. The majority of the time. Because it makes me, it reminds me a bit of when Family Guy and South Park. I feel like most cartoon shows go through a phase of this, except for Rick and Morty, Mm -hmm. where they get you with the shock value of what they're saying and doing. Yeah. So it's, you know what I mean? And and like, not that that's not funny, but it's just, it's like, I, I expect that from Justin. Like, I expect that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the thing with South Park that made South Park so good and so, timeless, is that South Park started with that because that wasn't on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, they did the fuck episode. Yep. Where they recorded the fuck counter. Yeah. Because they're like, we're saying fuck on live TV! It's like, <laughs> and they're just doing it. They went from that to doing, like, satire about, like, climate change. And, like, they did, like, that whole story when the internet went down and, like, they all, like... It goes to, like, the <laughs> wow to out out pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah, pilgrimage out to, oh, I, th- I think there's one last modem that's working out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: so, exactly. <laughs> or crab people... Or Man Bear Pig, Yeah, like with or, Gore, yeah with the, <laughs> Which was such an interesting thing. Take, of, <laughs> take on Al Gore, on trying to get cli- people to believe him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> believe me. It, it's real about about climate change. Yeah. Like,
0: there's, and it's because the writers at South Park are f- hugely talented. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that Justin Roiland isn't talented or the people for Solar Opposites are not talented, but they're in that stage right now. Yeah. They're in the stage of like, it would be hilarious if this thing was just like, ah, I like my pussy. Like, like it, the character does that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so, so it's just I don't know. I I get a lot of those vibes, and it honestly it tires me. Yeah, because I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's vulgar. I get it. Like, it's like, and I always say this with horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's like you can always scare me with like silence and then loud noise and flashing lights or like. Like freak people out with screams and then blood. Like those are kind of tropes that will always be used. But there's a reason why certain horror movies hold a special place in people's uh, like hearts. Like Alien, for example. Yep. I hate horror movies. Yeah. I love Alien. Yeah. (laughs) I love the Alien movies because they do such a good job of building the suspense, and then they do such a good job of hitting you with it. Yep. Um, and, and it's just it's just it's done it's done so well. So I feel like. Solar opposites is in this uh, like this 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 budding phase of like we're trying to figure out who we are by ourselves. Yeah, because you're right. Like Dan Harmon's writing is pretty good. Yeah, like and like there's that attachment to the characters and the depth of the characters is missing. Yeah. So for me, it's just like cool. It's just like Terry, not uh, yeah, Terry, because
1: Corvo is the Corvo is the Justin Roiland. Yeah. So Terry. Terry's the other guy. Yeah.
0: Like. The things that Terry says, I'm just like, it's it's just not funny. Yeah, a lot of not that I don't think it's not funny subjectively, but like to me, it's not funny the way it's being delivered. it's yeah. just like, I don't know. I I just I just feel like it's um, I don't sense the chemistry yet between the characters between mm. Corvo and Terry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you have like Terry who's like a a dimwit. Yep. who's like looking at like jet skis. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, it goes on the water. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just like. I get it, but at the same time it's just I don't know, it's just it's not hitting in the same layers of depth for comedy for me, the way Rick and Morty does. Like yeah. Rick and Morty like Rick and Morty does a, a great job of somehow delivering perfect example, the last Rick
1: and Morty episode. I haven't seen any of season whatever they're on now. Are you serious? I think I saw the Crystal in his head episode, the first episode, and maybe the second one. But you haven't it, seen anything of this. It like, got so annoying to watch on Adult Swim because every time an ad would play, it would like kick me out of the video player, and I'd have to refresh it, and I would have scrub back forward and watch the ad again. All right, let me. So let me it's think back coming. Then. To, it's coming to Hulu soon.
0: Let me think to a non-spoiler uh, <laughs> episode I can think of for this now. Fuck, dude. Um, okay. Um, come on, come on. I can think of something. I can. Think what of
1: kind of an example are you trying to think of?
0: um okay perfect perfect example okay perfect example we're gonna take a we're gonna take a very uh, mainstream episode here pickle rick <laughs> the pickle the pickle rick episode right? yeah when when rick is when rick is a pickle <laughs> and he's in the sewer yeah and he traps the mouse yep and he kills the mouse that entire scene in the sewer when he's killing the mouse and he's arming himself and he's got like a mech warrior body yeah. while he's a pickle because of the carcasses of of the rats and he's shit-talking the rats while he's killing them. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The layers to that is, like, on the sub-layer, it's like, wow, I just can't believe how ridiculous this is. This guy's, like, there's a pickle, there's an animatronic pickle that's a person <laughs> that's killing things with the carcasses <laughs> built, with a machine built out of carcasses. With, like, exacto knives and, like, yeah, pencil Yeah, but, like, but, like, but, like, when you go through the layers of it, and it's like, this guy is this, like, like gen- galactic genius, and he's, yes, he's in, a, he's in the form of a pickle, but, like, he's able to... In this scene, you're you're observing how he uses his smarts that got him into this bad situation to get him out of the situation. And he's relying upon his intelligence and nobody else in the situation. Just like they've been building that character for the entire fucking time. Mm-hmm. That he never really, quote unquote, needed people, even though he always needed emotional support yes. of his family. Which is what the episode is about, which is being spoken about by the therapist. And the, <laughs> like, the layers to that one scene. And yeah. then he's talking and shit-talking the rat. And he's breaking down like... The hierarchy of like the the cultural image of like this is why you don't get respect and this is why you you don't even like (laughs) that's a super deep layered scene that's ridiculous because you're just watching rats get killed by a guy who's a pickle yeah which is like it's it's the to me on the surface level it's the very same crude style humor of like this like the goobler like yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like just running off and like like stabbing people yeah it's just it's on the surface level it's very easy to see that yep while with Rick and Morty though in that scene because of the character and the depth and we know the relationship of that character with the other other characters in the show that are that are going through kind of like this paradox of the situation with a therapist while he's going through that and not with the therapist but with a rat that he's killing like the king rat and he's talking and shit talking and like boasting about himself to intellectually build himself up and emotionally protect himself like these layers are there and in solar opposites, I don't detect any fucking layers. It's no. just the surface thing of like. It's just goofy. It's just goofy. That's why, to me, the little like, like the the micro the, the micro ecosystem of yeah. the shrunk people mm-hmm. that they have in the wall, like the, <laughs> you the wall, the wall, <laughs> the mini people. The they in they the call wall. it the wall. Yeah, in the wall is so compelling and that's the thing i like the most because that has layers yeah you had humans that pissed off the aliens that got shrunk down and now they're forming their own like gang society yeah. ecosystem like it's like we, we must move it's like why what is this like the gum gum
1: <laughs> is gonna be here by nightfall why are they called the gum gum <laughs> they love gum <laughs> yeah exactly
0: like, like there's it, it's, yeah. it's much more uh, uh layered comedy compared to just like the surface level of like oh he said the c word and like oh he's He's stuttering while he yells. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like there's more depth to it. And yes, I'm biased because A, I love Rick and Morty. But B, there's, I don't know, four fucking seasons of depth there. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I want to see the season of Solar Opposites to the end. Yeah. Um, Because I'm not attached to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anybody. If anything, I'm also annoyed by the pupa. Why is that? Because they don't give any depth to what it's doing. Yeah. Like, it just runs off. Like, it's just it's just random. Like, it goes off in the episode, yep. it grabs this dude's legs, leg, <laughs> yeah. and then it uses it to kick a candy
1: machine. Yeah.
0: Like, okay. Yeah, like, it's I, just
1: like an extra dumb little thing.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, I want depth to it. Like, yeah. I want, like... Like, they say that everybody left the planet with a pupa. Like, eventually they will have to explain that, right? Like, it's not like Rick and Morty, where it's just, we have these two people, we have Rick and we have Morty, and that's it. And they go on crazy, wacky shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the... <laughs> What was? They weren't called the Avengers. What were they called?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the one where Rick does saw. <laughs> the Rick does saw against like the idea of the, the Avengers. They're basically the, the like, Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Yeah, 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 like like that's such good, well done comedy, and it's layered with the relationship that Rick has to Morty about how Morty's perception of these people is is completely wrong because rick's perception is that no they're flawed they're fucked you're seeing them in a spotlight on a podium yeah that's that's how they want to be portrayed and perceived but that's not the truth yep and and in uh accumulates in the end where it's you know like like youtube and awfully close together like they're shooting hoops
1: with like the (laughs) ant person and yeah galactica or whatever yeah (laughs) and then like rick to prove to morty that no your heroes are fake like destroys them like rips them to shreds yeah which shows how insecure he is about like yeah yes about losing morty and stuff like that and noob noob is the only person (laughs) who gets him and yeah it's great
0: and morty's understanding and, and like acceptance of rick's deep emotional flaws yeah um that's just not there in solar opposites so, Yeah, exactly so for me it's hard because i'm getting the i'm, I'm getting like the hit but i'm not getting the pop yeah like, you know what i mean mm-hmm. like um is the difference between i feel uh it's I, I actually I don't, i'm not even gonna go down a path of trying to explain that in a metaphor it, it's just it's oh it's somewhat entertaining mm-hmm. because it is just goofy but like that's not what I want from it. Yeah, and maybe that's me. Maybe I shouldn't be expecting more from it. I should just be thankful that I'm just getting goofy Justin Roiland content. Yeah, in the in the field of like I was saying earlier on the last episode, I think I said how it's just like unfiltered.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. just pure. It's yeah, it's Rick and Morty without Dan Harmon in two ways. There's not that layers. And the depth and the heart, but there's also no reeling in Justin Roiland, which Dan Harmon has said, he was like on community, I was the showrunner and I had a team of writers to reel me in. And on this show, I'm reeling in Justin Roiland. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then like, if you look at Justin Roiland's other stuff, like he did, uh, it wasn't accounting. Yeah. Accounting VR. Uh, which yeah, is like yeah, a yeah. VR game that he made, and then he made Trover Saves the Universe, and then he did a couple other video gaming type things. They're just off the walls. They're just stupid. Um, and like he brings that wacky weirdness that's sometimes hilarious, but that like rewatchability and that reason that it like sticks with you and the reason it's so good, I think, is Dan Harmon. Right. Which right. I've also been rewatching a little bit of Community, and boy, do I forget like. <laughs> why dan Harmon is so good yeah and as flawed as a person as he is personally he makes some damn good tv
0: yeah and i think that's a part of because he knows that he's flawed
1: yeah and he openly
0: puts his flaws into his writing yep exactly like, again like i like the first for those who've never really seen rick and morty if you watch the first uh three seasons if you watch it with the lens that one of the writers dan Harmon, at the time was going through like A a conflict in his marriage and Mm -hmm. eventually a divorce yeah it changes that's what changed my perception of the entire show when i found out that because first of all jerry and um beth i always say sarah chalk yeah (laughs) beth when jerry and beth keep having their spats Mm -hmm. like i remember watching the first two seasons and me being like these are some real fucking intense (laughs) conversations (laughs) like they're having some real like the when she, when they hit the deer, and he had like rum ice cream, <laughs> yeah. And then she's like trying to save him, and the talking they're having over that, like, just some of the fights that they have are so viciously honest, yeah. And it's like that—that's why they hit because, just like that's like a fucking real, that's coming from a real spot. Like you can tell, like that's a that's an actual conflict that can occur, yeah. So it's like fuck. And then I found out like. After I've watched the first two seasons, oh yeah, Dan Harmon's going through a divorce. Yeah, I'm like that oh, was shit. That was Dan Harmon's divorce you were watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's 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 exceptionally sad when if you watch the credits when it goes through his uh his production like cut scene at the end. Yep. It goes if you watch from see if you're listening, to people watch from the end of the credits from season one to now. Yeah. You see him with his wife. Yep. Him alone. Yep. For a season. And then it's him with Helen, his, his uh, girlfriend. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're. Uh, I think fiance. Yeah, maybe. I'm pre- I think fiance. Um, and then now he's like happy with the three dogs that they have that you can see on Instagram. Like, yeah. it's very heartwarming to see that. But it's also it goes to show I think the the brutal honesty that he puts into it. Yeah. Of just like I think that's his source. His source isn't like let me craft this character. I think he's just like no, I just had a fight with the wife. Let's type it out. Like and he just <laughs> and he just puts it on paper. Yeah. You know, and and that's the depth. That's the depth that's missed. That that's the like you said, the heart. That's not there with solar opposites. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think
1: I should change my my, my expectations of it? No. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> change. Yes, change your expectations. I don't know. It's it, like I, I think honestly, to, not to toot our own horns, but we've nailed it. Like it's just it's Rick and Morty without. Dan Harmon, which it turns out is a huge part of why we love Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like Dan, uh, Justin Roiland does the voices and he does the crazy wackiness, like the interdimensional cable. That's all Justin Roiland and yes. like almost no Dan Harmon. <laughs> so if you really like interdimensional cable, you'll really like <laughs> Solar Opposites. But if you watch interdimensional cable and didn't care about the the A side story, I guess, or maybe it was the B side story of Jerry has to sacrifice his penis to save like the most important man in the galaxy and like doesn't want to do it, but then Beth wants him to do it because he'll get a really nice, like, cyber penis and stuff like that. That's Dan Harmon, yeah, <laughs> like this whole thing of like human sacrifice and yeah, for the greater good, for the, but do it for the greater good, and stuff like, and- exactly. But then wanting Where, to save your uh, image. It's just called two brothers and they're blah blah blah. That's all like Plumbus and the, <laughs> Hey, we got real fake doors here. That's all Justin Roiland. So go watch <laughs> Solar Opposites if that's all you love of Rick and Morty. Here's a here's a key thing that's that like
0: always sticks to me mm-hmm. is that he uses the Rick voice.
1: Yeah, for um Corvo. Corvo. Yeah. Like it's pretty close. It's almost, I I mean, it's
0: the same guy doing it, but like it's super, super close. He even stutters like him at times.
1: Yep. And he does, I don't know if I asked you or if I asked my girlfriend, but the, they do the Rick and Morty lip thing, the little pout. They don't do it. They have done it. Have it. <laughs> I caught him doing it a few times. I almost paused it. I haven't seen it. I po—I pa- actually did pause it on uh, one of the thing where he did the lip and I like rewound and I paused it on the lip thing and I went to grab my phone and it was across the room and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just tell him in person.
0: <laughs> I didn't know they did it.
1: Yeah. But
0: that's like, that. that's a thing that's, it's just, uh... you, you know, what's a good comparison to this. Mm-hmm. Family Guy and American Death.
1: That's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to give Family Guy that much credit. <laughs> wow. So, see, all right. So, I'm a Family Guy fan. I hate Family Guy.
0: Well, here's the thing. I liked, I, I was into Family Guy when it first came out. And I was into Family Guy right when it re- reached its peak and Seth MacFarlane was hitting his peak. Yeah. And then it started getting redundant. Like, right around the time frame, and spoiler, for some reason you give a shit, about uh, uh, Family Guy, but when they killed off Brian...
1: Did that actually happen? Like, yeah. the character didn't exist that, after that?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> uh, they brought him back. I remember they, hearing about that. They brought him back because the backlash was so bad. Oh, wow. Like, people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah. Like, so was one like really, gets hit by a car, and they take him to the hospital, and they can't save him, and then he's dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I stopped watching, like, right after they brought him back. Yeah. Like, right after they brought him back, I stopped. Yeah. And then, now when I go see it, I can't stand it yeah because it's so formulaic it's so repetitive the jokes are falling flat because they've been doing it for like what
1: 10 years almost more than that probably more than yeah more than that it was huge when i was in high school i graduated in 2010 yeah so it's 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 yeah so it's
0: just it's just it's flat at this point but yeah and it's heyday When when it was there and it was the only thing like it like when they went up against the simpsons yeah and they like, and Seth came out and was like, "Yeah, we can't beat The Simpsons." Yeah, or, or not Simpsons. Um, South Park. Yeah, he's like, "We can't beat South Park." They write every week. We write way in advance because we have way different animations. Mm-hmm. We can't keep up with them, so they won. Just that's it. They won <laughs> uh, with the manatees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which by the way is a genius thing to do. Like, you know damn well it's because um, Trey and Matt were just shitting on shitting on Family Guy, probably. And somebody probably just said, you know what you did they did? They just have like three buckets. They have a noun, a verb, and they have this, and they just pull them out. It's like, you can throw them in a fucking tank on manatees. And somebody, and then one of them laughed and was like, dude. We're drawing that. We're drawing that. We're drawing that. I have a great idea. We're doing, we're doing a war. We're going to go to war. We got them. This is going to be hilarious. Yeah. And the apex of the story is going to be that they're just manatees. And those are the writers of Family Guy. Yeah. The writers of Family Guy are manatees. <laughs> Made
1: it to pick nouns and verbs with the balls. Like they have like. (laughs) I miss I miss South Park. I haven't watched South Park in years.
0: I haven't either. I'm trying to. It's on Hulu now. That's
1: the thing they did. Like the thing Rick and Morty nails so perfectly is like that deep cutting emotions, like the Beth and Jerry fights or when you really realize that Rick is actually a broken man and like yeah. all that stuff. But what South Park gets is they took one thing that's going on right now and just made the most stupid metaphor they could <laughs> that perfectly explains it like the, the, God. the Apple terms and conditions. <laughs> and then they did human centipede, human Centipad, human Centipad. Oh my gosh. Should I eat? <laughs> <laughs> what is, it's it's like, like cuttlefish. No, it was an asparagus versus vanilla oh, yeah. pudding. Should I
0: eat the asparagus? What should I eat? The cuttlefish.
1: Vanilla <laughs> pudding.
0: Did you say cuttlefish? <laughs> okay. Are you going to eat the cuttlefish?
1: <laughs> um, and then I'm about to <laughs> blow <laughs> diarrhea out of <to> my asshole.
0: <laughs> Hang on, Kyle. <come> <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> I, <scream yet>. yeah. <laughs> I believe in you.
0: Are you screaming?
1: Yeah. I believe in you. I didn't want to scream it in that accent. <laughs> in case I ever want to get hired on SNL. Oh my God.
0: See, like that's...
1: Oh man, they're right. Like,
0: like the. <laughs> Anyways, back to the point. Back to the fucking point. A family Guy had the same style, where they had a very good formula, but they had, they had depth of characters to a degree. Yeah. Peter was this fucking goofball. Yeah. Right. But you have Lois, who puts up with them, but then you had Meg, Brian, Chris, and Stewie, and mm-hmm. and they were the real characters. And then they went down like dark, serious stories with like Joe and Howie's. How he lost like the ability to walk and yeah. they go down Quagmire's past, and like why he's a sexual deviant and they go to, like they go through all these things. Yeah. Um Oh yeah, they had the Cleveland show too. Yep. They had two
1: spin offs of uh They had two spin offs well, of Well American Dad wasn't a spin off, was it? Not of it that. It was just like a, it was a similar vein. Project. Yeah, looked the same, it had the same, same voice actor. It's pretty much solar opposites. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's what I was gonna go with, and I was gonna say that American Dad does a very similar thing, where it's like you have a bumbling, like primary, like quote unquote alpha person in the mm-hmm. house, and then and um, Stan, yeah, the the father, and then you start having more layered characters with like, uh,
1: what's the kid's name? Fine. I know who you're talking about, like the little nerd kid with the glasses.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, by the way, the voice actor who who plays him mm-hmm. is a fantastic singer and it's mm-hmm. hilarious because if you had never seen American Dad, they do a lot of scenes where he has to sing Yeah, because he can actually sing. Yeah. And it's hilarious because they made him like this nerdy little white kid but he can sing like R&B. Yeah. So he'll be singing like R&B <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Um
1: But then like with American Dad they have like the the weird character in the family who doesn't make sense that he can talk which, and Family Guy, it's a dog. In American Dad, it's an alien. And Klaus. Yeah. Goldfish. Yep. And it's like, a weird thing. They're trying to just... Mm. It feels like they're trying to cash in on the same formula. Uh,
0: but That's what I was telling you, right? Like, the family sitcom-style setup is, is kind of... Is is the vibe.
1: Yeah. Um, Where with this, it's like, oh, the wacky sci-fi adventures. And it's really vulgar and crass.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it, it makes me think of, like... Yeah, makes me think of like South Park meets like family guy, dad kind of
1: style, but in different senses. I mean, for those listening, it's not a bad show. No, it's not. It's not a bad show. I've been laughing out loud a bunch of times and not just the red goobler (laughs) is like get fucked. But there have been there have been other times where I've laughed. It's mostly at like the shock humor is where I've been laughing. Um, I'm trying to think of a time that I laughed. (laughs) <laughs> like out loud laugh yeah like i've chuckled at a few you've things. been watching it alone right uh yeah i laugh at things way less when i'm watching them alone um and i've been watching it in the same room as my girlfriend who hasn't been watching it because she already watched it see i'm the opposite mm. like i'll laugh more like if i watch a stand-up
0: with somebody yeah i will laugh less than if i'm by myself watching the stand-up interesting yeah I don't That's know why w- we're complete opposites. The fucking loner, Hyperage and groove bangs, dude. We're yeah. complete opposites. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say my overall review, just to sum it up, I would say if you guys are, if you just want to be, if you're just interested in like a new show, watch it. Yeah, sure. Just it's, want, like just it's quick. It's quick. It's just it's um. Yeah. It's just it's just really goofy. Yeah. It's just really goofy, really vulgar, really violent. And I think that's why it kind of wears on me. It, it's almost like... um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. It, it's almost like some of the stuff that's just blatantly Three Stooges, like slapstick kind of humor at
1: times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like low bar kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember another time I burst out laughing. Uh, it went, they were talking about something... That, like, oh, you just kind of snuck in, and then you just stayed around for a while. And then nobody noticed you were there, and then all of a sudden, people were paying attention to you. And somebody else was like, eh, it worked for Hulu, uh, which I thought was funny. And then I realized that the show was made by Hulu, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty clever. Um, I gave I, that a good chuckle.
0: I think I know a scene where I left. All right. It was the scene <laughs> on the—spoiler—on uh, yeah. the beach— yeah, uh yeah. When she's like, Why don't you offer them candy? And like the bullies, mm-hmm. she's trying to prove that all, not all people are bad. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's fighting, he's like, What the fuck? Like <laughs> the guy's like, Why am I being nice to like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I was laughed, good. At, laughed at that and then when he's like, Oh man, I have to I'm gonna have to kill people and then he goes like f- fucking crazy, killing machine, homicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um that made me laugh out loud a little bit because i was
1: just yeah his suit is like i don't want to be doing this yeah (laughs) and he just murders the entire bar you're doing this to yourselves everybody like yeah and he's just killing everybody in the bar um i don't know that's it i hope i don't spoil it (laughs) But I think it was a cold open where Terry is racing home. Like the episode starts and he's like, I haven't seen that. I haven't, seen that. So okay. yeah, I haven't seen that. Okay, don't spoil. I haven't seen that. That might be the next one. It's literally like it's this dumb little scene that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, and then they do the intro and then they do the real episode. <laughs> I like it's just a short little joke with its own little payoff, and then they do the rest of the episode, and I was dying laughing at it. That was pretty good. I think it's episode five. Epis- yeah, but um, I think that's the next episode for me. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, have you ever seen community? I mentioned that earlier. No. I rewatched a couple episodes. I just went through and watched some of my favorite episodes. Um, Cause my girlfriend is about to play D and D for the first time with some of her friends uh, digitally. And she needed help, like creating her character. And there's like a lot of rules that go into that. So I was like, I can help you. I'm a huge D and D nerd. And we put on the D and D episode of community in the background. Cause Dan Harmon loves playing D and D. So he wrote a whole episode about D and D, which is one of the best episodes of the show because of like that deep Like Rick and Morty esque like character development that you really weren't expecting in a dumb episode about D anD D, and then I decided to watch some of the other best episodes, and I was like crying laughing at some of them, and then like some of the episodes like had me feeling like an empty shell of a human because they just like rip (laughs) the soul out of my body with like how deep the emotions cut sometimes. Um, Yeah, that show's really good, and it's on Netflix now. Community, yeah. (laughs) I've been told to watch Community and Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is fantastic.
0: If you had to choose one, Community or Parks and Rec.
1: (laughs) Parks and Rec. Uh, Ooh, that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> there, <laughs>
0: there's... Ooh, yeah, Parks are That was so quick.
1: Uh, well, I w- it was really tough for me at first until the first two points I thought of in my head were, oh, there was that one really shitty season of Community where Dan Harmon got fired after season three because what? he was very difficult to work with apparently on the set. Uh, and then the internet rioted and uh, season four sucked. Uh, <laughs> Cause they didn't have Dan Harmon. Yeah. They had two different show, right? Showrunners. Um, and then uh, they hired Dan Harmon back for season five, which is the first time that's ever happened. And season five was great. Television. Season five was great. And then they had season six, which I've actually still never seen. It was, so the show was on the verge of being canceled. And they're like, we're not going to cancel it. We're going to fire Dan Harmon and rehire these two guys. And then it sucked, so it was going to get canceled again. (laughs) And then they fired them and rehired Dan Harmon. Uh And then he did season five. And then they canceled it. And then Yahoo picked it up when Yahoo had a streaming service a few years ago. And they did season six. Um, Was Dan on season six or no? Yep. Yeah. I've never seen it. I heard it's pretty good. Um, But, yeah, it was interesting. Um... But yeah, season four sucks. uh, And then there's just not as much of it. Like, some of the seasons are pretty short. uh, And there's only six seasons versus Parks and Rec is seven seasons, and they're all fantastic. Season one has, like, a little bit of a rough start, like a lot of TV (laughs) shows. I was gonna say, like, I I got through, like, I think two episodes of Parks and Rec, Mm -hmm.
0: and I just can't... I was like, I don't... It's It's, dry. I don't like the characters.
1: Like, some of them are annoying. I just can't get into it. It does... It did the exact same thing that The Office did, where it didn't fully realize what it was going to eventually be until season two like season one they set up these characters let's do this this is a good premise okay we'll get it picked up it's greenlit by nbc let's make this season okay here it is it's fairly formulaic these characters are very what they're written down and then like each actor completely injected their own personality into each of the characters and they completely changed in season two.
0: I that makes sense as to the Patton Oswald bit that's infamous where he has to like filibuster. Yeah, he, so he just filibusters for like eleven minutes about when he wants Star Wars episode and I, seven to And be. I guess it was just like they told him to just do it. Like yeah. just like make shit up. Yep. He was like, easy. And he just like went into an actual yep. like <laughs> issue he has with Star Wars. And, and like did you see that uncut? take that he yeah. did
1: it's amazing And
0: everybody's trying to hold it in so bad <laughs> yeah. so bad um i saw i, I so i i saw a funny thing i'd never seen the episode but mm-hmm. i saw the interview with um graham uh norton oh yeah and it was uh chris pratt and they were asking him about parks and rec yeah. and he was like well, okay well here's a funny story and uh what's her name leslie leslie nope leslie nope and he was like i'm supposed to my character is supposed to be like naked and like like surprise her and like we kept doing it and Leslie kept coming out and be like oh like just having this reaction and I just I just didn't think she she was being authentic enough so I thought I'm just gonna actually go naked on this next shot so I did it and I was just like completely naked and I just did it and that take when she was like oh (laughs) yeah that was the take they used it was perfect and uh, Graham was like you you could just make that choice on set and he was like Funny story. I got a very serious letter yeah. about doing nudes, nudity scenes. Yeah, uh, sent to
1: me, and that was a big no-no legally. <laughs> yeah, like, like they almost got fined a ton of money for that thing that he did. <laughs> Because he had like that tan colored like G-string on where it's supposed to look they could easily edit it and just blur it and it looks like he's actually naked but he actually and in the shot they used he's not only naked but he's like squatting so like bits are probably hanging (laughs) and she was like oh!
0: (laughs) Oh, and I like the scene uh, I think you mentioned it to me how like when he got in shape for Guardians yeah. and he addresses it with just like one line like yeah I just, I just stopped drinking beer yeah. it's
1: like you lost 45 pounds just yeah. not drinking? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, how much beer were you drinking? And Andy, because he's a dude, is like, a lot probably. <laughs> That's it. And then they move on. And just move on. And they address it that way. Chris yeah. Pratt is like a reason to watch that show. That He's one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, Andy, the character he plays. I've been told it's oh, just so Chris good. Pratt being Chris Pratt. It pretty much is. It's raw, unedited Chris Pratt. Cuz that's they realized in season 1 he's a douchebag. He's like a he's like the bad guy of the show. Yeah. And they're like this guy's really funny. Like can we just let him be him? And he just became a goofball. Uh, and the character completely changed. And he every season he just gets goofier and goofier. It's so funny.
0: Yeah. So there's like there's gems that I always see from Parks and Rec like that. That make me want to watch it, but it's just, I don't know, like, I I go back to watch, because I don't want to do it chronologically. Yeah. Like, fine, like, episode three, season one, and I'm just like, oh, man, this is dry as fuck. I don't understand any of this. It's very dry. And none of
1: the characters are hitting. Yeah. And it's like, fuck.
0: Like, you can tell it's almost like, let's do The Office, but something different, but like The Office. That's
1: exactly what it was. Yeah. It was supposed to be an Office spinoff. Yeah. And just...
0: You can tell, and it just not doesn't hit for, like, for me so far, yep. at least two episodes.
1: Yeah. So it's just like, oh, man, I don't, I, everybody loves this shit, but, like, uh. Honestly, just all you need to know is episode one from season one, where it's this nurse, Anne, wants to fill in this pit next to her yard because her boyfriend fell in it and broke both his legs. And then you could just start with a season two, episode one. <laughs> like, that's really, because no progress gets made on it in season one. That's the whole thing. Like, the whole show is about this pit that'll never get filled because the gears of government move so slowly <laughs> and there's so many hoops that Leslie needs to jump through but then it evolves and it becomes so much more but it's right now it's about the pit and you could just cut to season two season two is when they realize like oh Nick Offerman that guy who is like the funny character who's he's the government boss who hates the government and that was his whole character essentially like he's a incredible woodwick woodworker and he plays saxophone really well like let's write that into a character and chris pratt is like really goofy and funny and he could do a bunch of wacky stuff let's write that into his character uh aziz ansari is like has like this baller lifestyle let's write that into like his dead-end job kind of person um yeah it's then then he gets his own style exactly the office they all like yeah each of their characters like veer off to the right um and like become the characters that they eventually and every time I go back and rewatch season one, because season one is good once you like know the show. Or the office, season one is like so hard to watch because it's yeah. so aged and dry <laughs> and like grey. Uh, like it is
0: very, it is very much that, yeah.
1: Um where Parks and Rec is you could still go back and watch it and have a good time, but the characters are so different. Like they're they're ten percent of the characters.
0: What is the I forget the Mindy. Um, Mindy Kaling. And what's his name? Ryan.
1: Uh, BJ Novak, who plays Ryan Howard.
0: Yeah. 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 And I forget what it is. I think it's the end of season one or it's the beginning of season two when she like fakes being pregnant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was to me like that was the hook yeah. <laughs> of the show to me was like when that when that scene happened. And she goes, it's a date like that shit. <laughs> that's what it like got me that's when i was like she fakes
1: being pregnant to get a date with this douchebag that she somehow loves
0: yeah and and like yeah exactly and that was like the hook for me to make me be like what the fuck is this show like yeah that's when i started watching it further and that's when like you fall you fall in love with all the characters and of course pam and jim and like all that stuff um it's so good (laughs) i just remember his reaction was like what what
1: oh my my god God. what and it just cuts to her in the interview room and all she does is just shake her head and it comes back to them arguing (laughs) yes so good um that's another character that that was completely different than the way they would originally written that character and she like did that like uh gorilla style where like the in season one she's dressed in like kind of drab they seem like hammy down clothes that she maybe got from her older sister or mom or whatever and mindy kaling was like i hate this character like this is such a boring indian character where the only really scenes she had in season one was when michael's making fun of indian people and does it in front of her and she slaps him but and then she was like she was in the wardrobe one day and she saw like this really cute pink shirt and she's like that is not something kelly would wear But I really like it, so I'm going to see if I could (laughs) sneak onto set while wearing it. And then, like, she just she was in the writers' room, so she started to write Kelly to be more and more of like that girly girl type person, psycho girly girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So good.
0: Yeah. So I mean, the depth of these shows, I think, spans beyond just the characters. Yeah. It spans into like the the delivery method. Yeah. Which is, you could trace that to like. The episode in Solar Opposites when they're just slicing and dicing people with with healing swords, like it's just (laughs) it's
1: like that was pretty bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just I'm trying to maybe that's again I think it's me. I think I'm trying to find this like depth of character and story, and I need to just take it as like nope, it's fart jokes and middle fingers. Like that's pretty much what it is.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to like brag, (laughs) but I knew that's what it was going to be going into it because I love Dan Harmon uh like all the things he's done I've seen all of community he did like a and d show called Harmon Quest and Harman Harman yeah Harmon Quest is great and I've listened to like his uh podcast Harmon Town and stuff like that so I get him really well and was like oh Solar Opposites a new Justin Roiland show Dan Harmon isn't in it <laughs> and I've seen other things that Justin Roiland did without Dan Harmon and he, you've seen Doc and Marty right yeah that's justin (laughs) roiland without dan Harmon, so that's what i was expecting and that's what i got so yeah i I think it's because it's the
0: same voice as rick yeah he uses such a similar voice to rick if not the same voice as rick Mm -hmm. and it's just less gravelly yeah it's less gravelly and it's more like robotic yeah exactly it's more robotic less gravelly but it's similar dynamic it's a family suburbia set like outer space goofy weird alien stuff i think because of those similarities I think I was just gravitating towards like, oh, this is this is going to be kind of similar, you yeah. know what I mean? And it just wasn't. Yeah. So, not that it's a bad thing, but just I think I need to reset my expectations on it. Yeah. And just take it for what it is. Um. But yeah, but yeah. Speaking Next of Hulu, point. I need to watch more South Park. Yeah. Is it on Hulu? I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Which is amazing because that's I need to get back into it. Yeah. Because they had a they had a similar similar lull. Where it just wasn't hitting. Yeah. And then it started hitting. Um, I want to talk about one last thing. Yes. If you're willing. Yes. Because I wanted to talk about it last time, but we couldn't. Yeah. And now we can. Okay. Um, it is, we're recording on the 21st. Yes. So our state opened up the majority of things after COVID uh, yesterday, the 20th. Mm-hmm. Barbershops and beauty parlors are still shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, gyms are still shut down mm-hmm. but the majority of like retail uh, I think retail is partially open yeah and then there's certain partial openings for certain services like restaurants and bars if you eat outside or if yeah. you don't go into the bar area um, but long story short I wanted you to watch the David Chang interview yes on Vice yes um, where David Chang breaks down his thoughts about what the impact of shutting down everything is what mm-hmm. uh, for those who haven't watched it, you
1: should go watch it. It's a very good interview, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pause. Go watch uh, David Chang Vice COVID there you interview. You, there you you'll find it. That's we'll find what I searched, I think, it. on YouTube. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> shouldn't say this but when i left your house last week we were supposed to talk about it last week i didn't so i pulled it up on youtube just connected it to the speakers in my car and just locked the screen and listened to it like a podcast which essentially was just a podcast that's fine You're just listening to it talking heads yeah um need, just hearing the audio uh i he do t- 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 i love him he's such a smart guy um like just if you haven't seen it on netflix uh ugly delicious and then he has another one. I think it's called Breakfast, Lush, and Dinner.
0: I think he has one about Momofuku.
1: Yeah. Like, specifically
0: about Momofuku. Which um,
1: is his Michelin star restaurant that he first opened. He's such an interesting guy. And, like, he's he just says it like it is. And, like, he says it like it is. Like, <laughs> when he says things about the food industry, I take it as truth.
0: <laughs> like, well, yeah, he's a very well-respected,
1: globally yeah.
0: recognized Michelin star
1: chef. So. Yeah, but he was also, like, a bad boy. Like, nobody approved people, of what he was doing with no people
0: were really pissed at him when he first like was going up for his start because yeah. they were like what the fuck is he doing like yeah. he's like he's bastardizing food yeah and then it was like well that's actually pretty good, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> that's really actually good. he knows what he's doing yeah um but yeah he basically in the video now that you've <laughs> seen it and you've paused it and you've watched it and you've come back and unpaused us of course um he basically talks about how the whole restaurant industry is going to be completely different after this. And it's the way he was describing it almost feels like the forest fire effect where like forests sometimes need to burn down to like give new growth and to like restart and stuff like that. And that's how I almost feel like, he's looking at this whole thing in terms of the new york specifically restaurant industry i think he's trying to yeah (laughs) i mean that's putting what he was saying in like the best positive (laughs) spin where he's basically saying this is the apocalypse and nobody's gonna survive this and we might have to close momofuku um, and all this stuff, and th- a th- point that he made that I think was really interesting was that closing all these restaurants doesn't just hurt the restaurants. it hurts like the guys who make do the pottery that they get the dishes from and the florists that they order like hundreds of f- thousands of flowers from a week and stuff like that, and so all supply chain, delivery drivers, yep, farmers, all like, yeah, all the plants. fresh produce that they get yep. that they don't just get from like a big factory that makes produce. Like, those guys are suffering, whereas, like, the stupid farms who sell their lettuce to Taco Bell is doing just fine. Yeah. Um, And then the the point that really got me was Chipotle announced that they have enough money to make it through this through summer. And, like, if this goes past summer, Chipotle's gone. (laughs) And it's, like, not just Momofuku, but, like places as big as chipotle right and then he's like and then for a while it's gonna be uh you know olive garden and mcdonald's and then that's what you're gonna have possibly uh, or no they said like uh mcdonald's and taco bell's mcdonald's and taco bell's yeah and then something new will come from it and then the the girl who's on it or sh- i forget a restaurant she owns they said they had to lay off 500 employees or something mm-hmm. like that yeah from like this one apparently massive restaurant in New York city. Um, but she was like the new f- food industry, it's going to be a, a, food industry and not a restaurant industry where it's going to be people selling food to people. And it's going to be like YouTube recipe channels. And it's going to be, Uh, food delivery services, because that's what people are going to be used to. Now it's not going to be go and sit down at this nice restaurant. It's going to be, look how well we've made our delivery food. It's like our delivery food is as good as you remember it being in the restaurant. Right. So before I ask you about like your thoughts about what they
0: said, like your opinion on it, I want to give my opinion. When I first heard that video, Mm -hmm. when I first watched that video, as somebody who worked in food and beverage for five years, yeah, like, I knew everything he was talking about. Every thin razor margin, every like I remember talking with my uh, executive chef, like you know when I was when he would have to jump on the line because there was only one guy, one line cook, mm-hmm. and I would look in his office and I would see the papers that he had stacked around and binders going from the floor to his to like above the lamp on his desk, yeah, like lining the fucking walls of his little office, yeah. And me, I remember conversations I had with my friends who are chefs and and like head chefs, and being like, "Hey, I think I want to be a chef," and they would just laugh and be like, "Don't, yeah, you don't want to be in this industry. It's yeah. brutal. You like, do you like being underpaid and never appreciated? Then yeah, you could totally. Do you like sweating through your clothes every night and then, you know, not getting any kind of like uh, bonus for it? Then yeah, this is the job for you. Um, I knew that restaurants work on a thin margin, and I know how literally how literal backbreaking, uh working in a kitchen is and working mm-hmm. in a restaurant is you know um yeah i've gone through enough shoes and shirts and especially the white button downs that will, you can't get those stains out and those pants that are just permanently ruined and the shoes you just walk through the soles like I yep. i know it i have i still i probably still have those in the closet somewhere um what hit me hard was mm-hmm. david chang is such a well-respected renowned and successful chef Mm -hmm. that to hear him say the things that he was saying was a little chilling when he was like, I don't know if I can operate the same going forward. Mm -hmm. And now you're talking about a guy who has multiple shows, multiple books. He has um, like multiple deals with like Netflix and everything like that. Like you have a guy who's super successful yeah, and he's worried about financially surviving this. Yeah. Like put that in perspective to like the little mom and pop shop that you like. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, <laughs> like, gone. they're gone. They're long gone. They're fucking gone. So it's like, it's now, a part of me has always thought like, yes, this is a very rough situation with COVID and the shutdowns and the quarantines but like a lot of businesses have been trying to find a way to survive and mm-hmm. David Chang put, he did say that he was like, you're gonna see the the strongest survive. Mm-hmm. In this case unfortunately that just means like the chains, which is why he's saying like Taco Bell and, and McDonald's. But when they were talking about how like nobody's ever going to go to a restaurant again, a part of me thought like, well, no, I think people are dying out, no pun intended, dying to get to a restaurant and return to normalcy. Mm -hmm. And I think restaurants are going to be packed and bars are going to be like overflowing when whenever the green light gets lit. Like they're already protesting and fighting for that right now. Yeah. They're already like, we want to go drink and we want to go have food and I want to like, I'm making reservations and like they're already doing that. Mm -hmm. So I like, I don't think I don't think the after effect is going to be as bad. But, like, they also make a good point of, and, again, I know this because I still remember the fucking smells of it. Like, they are very clean. If you work in a good place, they are very clean in those kitchens. Yeah. Like, oh God, I remember having to help, wa- like, wash them clean the deep fryers. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's rough. It's intense disinfectant cleaning the sanitation practices i remember getting yelled at because i used like a green cutting board instead of a red cutting board yeah. i remember like when i didn't seal something properly and it was two shelves too high i'm supposed to go on the bottom because it was raw like I, I remember all these things um so i know that like what they said made a good point but they made a good point about how will people want to come back yeah like yes the majority of people want normalcy but like what if there's a small little spike back Yep. then is that going to scare people away from the restaurant industry? Are they are people going to feel comfortable enough going back into a kitchen or kitchen, going back to a restaurant where there's a kitchen filled with like 16 people yeah. working and bumping into each other and like throwing food down and there's raw stuff here and there's washing, not unwashed stuff there that's going to the sink. And there's so many different variables. And I personally think that for the restaurants that get through, all this mm-hmm. i think they're going to be okay because mm-hmm. i think there's enough of the average person the mm-hmm. average citizen of this country that's just going to be like i'm going back to my restaurant blah i want my i want my dinner i yeah. think there's enough of those people out there that that's going to happen mm-hmm. um like i don't want to wear a mask i'm just going to eat it like blah i don't give a fuck but i do think that they make a good point how in new york it's very different yeah because you're basically sardines pat oswald had the Greatest metaphor to combine to 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 paint the picture of how I feel about New York City, mm-hmm. and you know I have family in New York City. Like I, I am a fan of New York. I could never live there. And Patton Oswalt made it in one of his bits. Um, I forget which special, but he made a good point where he goes, living in New York City is like being a rat in a cage, and somebody's constantly poking you through the cage, <laughs> like every all the time. Just you're constantly getting poked. You're just constantly getting poked. And it's because of the amount of people. Yeah. It's because it's it's always noisy. There's always something going on. There's always, like, sounds. There's always... It's never peaceful in the city. Yep. It's Um, always annoying. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, There's so many... Dude, with the rent costs Mm -hmm. for spaces in New York City, it's just... The turnover for restaurants already is like, if you make it a year, you're lucky to make it a two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially in cities, it's like yeah. if you can make it past a year. You, you got a shot. Yeah. Um, but you got to make it a year first. Can you make it a year? I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't think that the, that the restaurant industry is going to change as much as they said it would. Yeah.
1: That's, you my- don't think the industry itself is going to change. Yeah. You think, I, like, I think a lot of restaurants aren't going to come back and a lot of new restaurants will take their place.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's kind of how I'm feeling too. I yeah. think that's what's going to happen. Like,
0: I don't know. I think there's a, th- yeah, there's going to be people who are just going to do takeout only maybe. Yeah. Um, I get that. But like, at some point, so if you're like an ardent, uh, like follower of the, of like the information about COVID mm-hmm. and you're going through all the precautions sent out by the WHO and like mm-hmm. you're paying attention to the CDC guidelines and you're doing everything that you want to do to try to stay safe. To say that you should live like that until you die is hard. I think to apply to the general population to say, you're never going to be able to be within six feet of another person. Like you're going to have to have a mask on for the next five years. Like, like I just don't see that being yeah the case this isn't a statement of i hope it is or hope it isn't i'm just saying i don't think that's the case i don't think it's going to end up that way it's not going to fly i thank you it's just not going to fly i just don't think it's going to be accepted like majority wise yeah majority wide um so i feel like things are going to go back to normal within the year yep you know i just feel like that's what's going to happen on the horizon but i mean to look at it from that point of view of like well i'm following the cdc guidelines and i'm following the WHO statements and to go be under the impression and this is really towards Dave in the interview it's like do you think that the way of life is going to change forever and that's what's going to impact it like do you think the majority of people will never live outside of these guidelines to prevent disease yeah exactly that's, like that's, no we're americans like we don't give a fuck yeah like that's, that's
1: just why, that's why we're doing so bad at all this right yeah, now yeah that's
0: the bottom fucking line like you yeah. just that's not going to happen so i just don't think that's a, that's the case um a very sobering uh interview i think um at the time when it came out it was i think really dark because we had no light at the end of the tunnel yeah and now as things are slowly going through like phase one phase two for reopening it's like the lights at the end of the tunnel in a way yeah unless you know this yeah, the
1: interview was from like the end of march right yeah
0: or early april this is like right when like the shutdown started yeah. happening But yeah, the 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 loss that companies are having is insane. Like Disney reported that they were losing, I think, like thirty million. Yeah. Um, what was it a day, I think, or like a week? Or something like that. They were losing like astronomical amounts of money. Um and they're going through a similar process of like, are people gonna want to come back to a crowded amusement park? Yeah, exactly. People wanna go on cruise ships. But then again, they are. Like people are booking cruises. People are like like there was a video I saw of people packed on a flight, like like shoulder to shoulder, like fucking. I I think, I think there's a there's a misjudgment of people's reactions. Yeah, of like, the, people totally care, right? No, they
1: they don't. So yeah. they're just gonna fucking
0: do it. Yeah, that's what I think. My
1: uh my boss went to Disney. Um, my boss came back two days after my department had made the decision to send everybody home and stay home indefinitely. So that was like a middle to the end of March. I think end of March. Um, He came back from Disney and like the next day, Disney shut down. (laughs) So like, he was like, am I the last person I know to ever go to Disney? (laughs) Because he's like, I don't know if Disney's ever going to reopen now. Yeah, I mean they're gonna reopen. They're
0: gonna but reopen. It's gonna be. There's already people protesting that Disney was like, "Well, when you, when we open again, like you you gonna have to have a mask." And people are like, "I'm not
1: wearing a mask at Day. That's not that's not magical." Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I again, everybody, if you're listening, please watch the interview on Vice with David Chang. Yeah. And I forget her name because she's in a different restaurant. But yeah, um, I've never heard of her. i have she she made a lot of really good points too no i have but i just i david ching is such a pop uh, a mainstream figure so it's easier just to to gravitate to but cool cool speaking of um stay safe everybody stay safe stay healthy stay happy and healthy (laughs) bye Try with the sound check.
1: Are we doing the sound check We're doing now? A sound check. Tell me when you start the sound check. I've, it's been running for. Oh. Okay. <laughs> sound check. Sound check. I was gonna sing a song today for the sound check, but I completely forgot what song it was. Sing a song. No, it was like a song, a specific song that I wanted. Song to. or psalm? Like you're gonna say like a Bible. <laughs> verse. I was gonna <laughs> sing a Bible
0: verse. A psalm. A psalm. A psalm. psalm.